Thursday Live. Good to see everybody. Welcome to another live podcast or Facebook Live, whatever we want to call it. You can see that we're updating things, getting bigger, stronger, reaching more people. There's uh, lots of stuff, obviously, lots of stuff that I want to be uh, talking to you about today. I hope that you're ready. There's actually two parts to this message that I want to give to you today. Um, It's about the, obviously, we're going to talk about the quote-unquote alleged pandemic, as always, and uh, what should have been the Christian's response to this alleged pandemic. So I'm looking at people coming on. God bless you guys. You're over to my left right now. Um, Got Jeff. Jeff's on. Hey, Hope. Hey, Mike and Don. God bless you guys. So that's the two things we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the, of course, Believe me, I, I can't wait for this to no longer be a topic of conversation. I hope that it gets to that place. We will see. I hope that it does. But we're going to be talking, obviously, we have to continue to talk about the alleged pandemic. And the second part, of course, is going to be what should have, how, or really how should Christians have responded? Or how should even Christian conservatives or conservatives responded to this alleged pandemic. You know, what I keep hearing people say is what the virus has caused, what the virus has caused. You know, you name things like, you know, job losses. And we know that in the last, I don't know what this week's are. We're at Thursday already. So you can probably add millions to this number that I'm about to give you. But, you know, the job losses from what people say, you know, they're crediting it, crediting it to the, the, uh, to the pandemic, right? They say the virus has caused the job losses. Well, so far we've had 10 million job losses. And I want you to think about that. And I want you to compare that to the Great Depression. And I want you to compare that to the previous one week record, which was 1982, which was 678,000 in one week. Well, we beat that last week by, by uh, 6 million. Last week was 6.6 million job losses last week. 6.6 million. It's not even job losses. It's, it, it's way more job losses than that. It was 6.6 million jobless claims, people filing for unemployment. That's where we were last week. One week, 6.6 million jobless claims. The previous record, 1982, 678,000. Think about that. So people say, well, the virus has caused that. The virus has caused the stock market crash. The virus has caused schools to be closed and businesses to be closed and churches to do online-only services and close their doors. The virus has caused all of this. A stoppage of a $5 trillion economy. The virus has done this. Listen, the virus has caused none of this. The virus is not the cause of any of this. The numbers will simply tell you that. If you simply look at the numbers, the vi- what the virus has produced could not cause all of these things. It is statistically impossible for it to cause it. So as usual, and I'm sure some of you probably get sick and tired of the statistics, but here are the true ones. Well, I should say these are the government ones. I don't know how true they are, but I'm going to use them to disprove the, you know, the case that the virus is causing all this, even though the, the government's the one that propagates that the virus is causing all this. You know, again, the job losses, the stock market, the school closings, the business closings, 
the church closings, the stoppage of a $5 trillion economy? Was that caused by the virus? That would mean that the virus is having to kill so many people that all these people are losing their jobs or that the virus is such a threat that everybody needs to quit their jobs, close businesses, will do anything to save a life, all that sort of stuff. Well, let's look at the numbers. So, so far today, this was actually updated when I looked at it. So I'm going to give you the most current numbers from the cdc.gov website. Are you ready? 427,460 cases of coronavirus. Now, I want you to remember something. These are reported cases. I want you to think about how many times in your life that you've had the flu and not reported it. And that's actually how they work the numbers for the flu. A lot of people are saying, this is way worse than the flu. This is way worse than the flu. Well, is that true? Well, you need to remember, how do they work statistics? So the flu, the flu uh, death rate somewhere around 0.01% or, you know, in that ball, 001 to 0.05%. Well, that's because they're actually working into that number 9 to 45 million cases a year. Okay, right now, all I'm talking about is 390, well, 427,000 cases. Remember, compare it, 9 to 45 million cases that they work into the flu formula and right and and for coronavirus you've got three you got 427 i keep saying 395 because that was the previous number 427,000 cases all right so the the problem with correlating facts and doing the calculus on this is you've got to know how many cases well with the flu with the flu calculus they put into it 45 million cases and then they put into it you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 50 to 60,000 deaths, which puts it at a you know, 0.05% death rate. Well, that is actually what's going on with coronavirus. Anybody who actually thinks that we only have 400,000 cases has lost their mind. I mean, do you really honestly think we discovered the, the first coronavirus was actually discovered in the United States, I believe it was January 21st. Trump, da- Trump shut down uh, uh, travel from China 10 days later. So if we had the first case discovered January 21st, and, the, and this really got to be known about in late December, which actually means it was probably full-blown in October or November, or even earlier in China, and they didn't let anybody know, and we have a pipeline. There's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Chinese citizens visit the United States every year. I mean, hundreds of thousands. And do you honestly believe that right now we only have had 400,000 corona cases? I guarantee you we've had millions. But the numbers that I'm going to run to you are the worst case, worst possible case scenario because I'm running the numbers on 427,000. And how many deaths have we had? 14,000. So we have a population of 330 million people. And remember, the CDC cases that you get off of their website, if you look right underneath it, it says these are all presumptive cases and presumptive deaths. So they don't even know, and I'm going to get into all that in a minute, and how corrupt the CDC statistics really are. So here's, here it is. If you live in the United States, this is by the CDC numbers. This is the highest possible chance, highest possible chance that you could die of coronavirus is 0.004%. That's your highest, pro- as of today, of dying of coronavirus and that's with their stats if you actually ran it with say you ran the calculus on two million cases 
Like the flu, 45 million cases, 9 to 45 million cases. If you just ran it with 1 million cases, if you just ran it with 2 million cases, you would have to keep adding zeros to that 0.00004%. You have a 1% chance, a point correction, 0.1% chance of catching it via the CDC statistics. Think about that. That's the truth. Now, I want to show you some things because I want you to know how corrupt the reporting is when it comes to this apocalyptic pandemic. This is from state senator and doctor, Dr. Scott Jensen. He's a Republican out of Michigan, and he received a phone call from the Minnesota Department of Health Vital Statistics Agency, and they were coaching him how to fill out how to fill out a death certificate. Now, as a former law enforcement officer, I've been involved with many, many signings of death certificates. And I can tell you, this is not protocol. They call up the doctor to coach him how to fill out a death certificate. A doctor who's been a, a, a doctor for decades, and now all of a sudden, he needs a call from the Minnesota Department of Health, because that's where his his practices in the state of Minnesota, he needs, he needs coaching from them on how to fill out a death certificate. This is the first time in the history of his practice this has ever happened. And what they told him to do, here you go, this is a quote from the article, that you do not have to have a positive COVID-19 test to declare the cause of death to be COVID-19. So all you have to do now in the state of Minnesota is have a presumptive, a, a, you are, all you have to do is presume. You have to have maybe the slightest amount of evidence, if anything at all. This is the first time in history this happened. And the CDC gathers its statistics from where? They gather their statistics from the health departments of all 50 states and their territories. That's what they do. And this is what is going on. So do you really believe the numbers? Listen, how many deaths do we really have? They say we have 14,000. How corrupt is that stat? I want you to think about that. How corrupt is it? And not only that, but again, we're not even running the numbers correctly because most cases of COVID-19 are not reported. They're not reported. It's simple how you run the calculus on this is you divide the number of deaths. People, listen, people are all over me about he's not a doctor Listen, I'm not a doctor, but I'm also not an idiot. I can run. I can figure out how to do how to do simple calculus and how to figure out a percentage. It's pretty easy. All you do is take the number of deaths divided by the number of cases, and that gives you your your percentage of death, which right now is at three percent. But the problem is, is how many cases do we really have? Because if you divide three million into fourteen thousand, you're going to end up with a flu-like death rate, which is where we really are, by the way. Most people who have already had COVID-19 never reported it. We're seeing, you're seeing all over right now reports of people that have said they believe they already had it. There's millions of people who thought they had the flu that had COVID-19, or at least more, you could add hundreds of thousands to it. From the New York Post, this was on April 7th, just two days ago. Deborah, uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, who's the response coordinator for the White House, task force on the coronavirus he said the federal government is continuing to count suspected COVID-19 deaths despite other nations doing the opposite 
She said, quote, we take a very, we take a liberal approach to mortality. So in other words, there only has to be a whisper of COVID-19. That's what they died from. No matter what, that's where we're at. From the Western Journal, from uh, five days ago, 4-4-20, April 4, 2020, the CDC issued this guidance. Why would anybody need guidance? You, all you have to do is test the person to see whether they had COVID-19. But here's the CDC's guidance. Now, why would they be corrupt? Because they have to justify their own existence. They have to justify the panic in the apocalyptic pandemic narrative that they put out to everybody. So they have to, they have to justify it. So they're sending out their guidance. Thank you so much. Quote, this is the guidance from the CDC, tells hospitals to list COVID-19 as a cause of death, regardless of whether or not there's actual testing to confirm the case. This is not me. I didn't make this up for all you people. Oh, he's not a doctor. You know, where does he get his? I'm reading this from the Western Journal. I'm not making this up. I'm reading this to you. Tells hospitals to list COVID-19 as a cause of death, regardless of whether or not there's actual testing to confirm that, it, that that's the case. Instead, even if the coronavirus was just a contributing factor, or if it's assumed to have caused or contributed to death, it can be listed as the primary cause. That's from the CDC, sent out to everybody. Sent out to every doctor and hospital in the nation. What you do is just presume that it's COVID-19. Because they have to justify the fact that they sent this $5 trillion economy into a tailspin. We are in a Great Depression right now. That's the truth. And they've got to justify it. Who knows how many deaths there truly are? How, who knows how many? It, it, right now, if you go by this, it has to be less. It, ha it has to be less because they're telling people to adjust it higher. They're not telling people to adjust it lower. If they're telling them to adjust it lower, then our 14 could be 20. But our 14 has to be less because they're adjusting it lower. They're, I mean, they're adjusting it higher. So it has to be, the, so the overall number has to be lower. It can't be higher. Just think about these things. Read them for yourself too. It's very easy. Who are you? You're no expert. You're you know, epidemiologist, no kidding. I'm a retired police officer, pastors of church right here, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida, one of the very few that's actually still open. And yes, by the way, if you're doing online only services, you're closed. There you go. All right, back to my original supposition. The virus is not causing any of these problems. It can't when you only have, listen, I'm not belittling people who have died. But we have, I mean, look, I want you to pull this up on Statista. You can pull it up on other websites too. How many people die a day in the United States and worldwide? 14,000 deaths. Even if there is 400,000 people that are affected currently, would not do anything to the economy when the flu dwarfs it. And the flu doesn't do anything to the economy. The, the coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, the Chinese virus is not causing these problems. It's not. 14,000 deaths could not cause a Great Depression. Which we're, that's where we are. 6.6 .6 million jobless claims last week. 
You're seeing it. People are a little open right back up. How do you know that? Think about it. Stock market crash, economic depression, businesses closed, businesses that are bankrupt, church closing, school closing. We just passed a $2.2 trillion porculous package that put us now at $25 trillion in debt printing money to send out those $1,200 checks, printing money for this porculous bill, printing money to service the debt. The coronavirus didn't cause any of this. What caused it was the media. What caused it was the Democratic Party. And what caused it was your buy-in if you bought into it. How could it? The numbers aren't there. 14,000 deaths would not do this. 400,000 infections out of a country of 330 million would not cause an economic depression. I want you to think about this. How could it? Look at the numbers. Think about it today. Just think about it. I want you to, I'm going to, I just getting this out again. I want to, so I have my numbers here. It's hard to, it's actually hard to keep all the the numbers actually straight because they change. But I want you to think about it. You've got the coronavirus, you have the, I I ran some extra numbers here. How could the virus itself be causing all these problems? I keep hearing people say that. It just can't. The numbers aren't there. Right now, this year, we've had 30 to 50,000 people in the United States die of the flu. It had no effect on the economy whatsoever. It's 20 to 60,000 per year die of the flu. It has no effect on the economy. No effect. We don't close any businesses for it. And you're like, well, that's be- you know, this is, uh, this is way worse. It isn't. The statistics don't show that it's any worse. And when we actually work in the true number of cases, it'll end up statistically the same as the flu. Think about it. Think about it. Here, here's the numbers. If we ran it as 600,000 cases of coronavirus right now with 12,000 deaths, that's, 2000, that's a 2% death rate. If we ran it with 1 million cases, it's a 0.1% death rate. And down and down and down it goes. So there we are. It can, those numbers cannot crash an economy. So what did? It's the draconian response to a virus that has, did everybody hear me? A tyrannical, draconian response to a virus that has a 97 to 100% survival rate post-infection. Not worldwide. post That's after you've actually gotten it. Think about that. Think about it. We've had a draconian, totalitarian, tyrannical response to a virus that has a zero to 3% death rate post-infection. Think about that. And that's what's caused the lockdowns, the forced closures, the social distancing, the curfews, the arrests. I'll get into those later. That's the government side. That's what the government did. Then you have the citizen side. The, the citizens' response to what the government did. What did the citizens do? Before the government even ordered them to, they self-quarantined. Think about it. They listen to the fear mongering. They fear they're fear mongering each other. They're lap dogging for the government. You know the government says it, therefore I do it. 
you need to remember something. The government projected that there would be a hundred to 250,000 deaths. That was the, their, their original projections was that there would be a hundred to 250,000 deaths. Quick drink. That's where we were. That's, that's, where, that's how the government originally projected these things. And everybody bought in. Every single, I mean, uh, uh, luckily not every single person, but I mean, from what I'm seeing, every single person bought in to these statistics. And they're getting, I'll go over this in a little bit. They're getting lowered every day right now. They're getting lowered every day. See, the government uses what's called the uh, Murray model. This is out of the University of Washington. It's called the Murray model. And what the Murray model projected was this. The Murray model projected that there would be, this is how it worded it, 164,000, this is what would be needed, 164,750 hospital beds would be needed for treating COVID-19 patients by April 4th. On April 4th, there was, remember, they projected 165,000. On April 4th, there was 22,158 hospitalized for COVID-19. How many were hospitalized for the flu this year? 100,000 have been hospitalized for the flu. For, For New York, for the state of New York, which is pretty much the hotbed of this whole thing right now, for the state of New York, the Murray model projected that 65,434 patients would need hospital beds by April 3rd. On April 3rd, in New York, there was 15,905 people in hospital beds for COVID-19. But don't worry, that's only 50% off. That's all, I mean, correction, that's only 89% off and 50,000 actual patients off. But don't worry, just keep quarantining yourselves and listening to the government. It's the draconian, totalitarian, tyrannical response of the government that has caused all the problems that you've seen, not the virus itself. Stop saying it. Stop saying, you know what, you know, the virus has caused this and the the virus has caused. No, it's the government that did it and your buy-in to it. That has caused 6.6 million people to file jobless claims last week. It's it's not the virus. The virus has killed 14,000 people at most with corrupted numbers. So the numbers aren't there to impact the economy like that. Not even close. Not even close. And a little side note here, a little sidebar, a little sidebar action here. You know where there's major layoffs going on right now? Guess, oh, trucking, you know, uh, Publix, Walmart, no, in the healthcare industry, massive, massive, here's a statistic from me, again, this is not from me, this is me actually doing research, reading documents, this is according to a health landscape, 60,000, this is including dentist's office, 60,000 family medical practices will close or have already closed 800,000 which is 43% of their employees 
have been laid off or will be laid off. And I say again, like I said on Monday, nice job Christians buying into this. Nice job. There are no numbers that, that, that justify your buy-in. Absolutely none. Why don't you just go ahead and repent? Why don't you just admit that you're wrong? Why don't you just go ahead and say, you know what? I didn't read my Bible. I didn't stand in the Word of God. I locked myself in my house out of fear, out of believing the government, out of believing their sycophant media lies, and by believing the Democratic Party, I locked myself in my house, and I was wrong, and I repent. What, do you, what about your doctor's office when you get, when you get done with your self-quarantine day 14? As an example... And by the way, this is nationwide. I pulled this up on the internet. There are hundreds of these reports. Hundreds of these reports. Not five, not six, hundreds of these reports. Here's one out of Kentucky for you. Jenny Stewart Health, which is a medical facility. This is quoting out of this article. A medical facility in downtown Hopkinsville, Kentucky, laid off 248 employees Wednesday as it copes with, copes with the unprecedented challenges of what? Of the virus? No. Challenges and volume declines as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Not from the COVID-19 pandemic, the declines. They're not getting, they're, nope, everybody's scared to go to the hospital. Or they're locked out of the hospital. They're, they're, they're busy at home having heart attacks and dying in self-quarantines. This is according to a statement from the company and the CEO, Eric Lee. Just for my local yokel people, I know this doesn't mean this a whole lot to people that are watching nationally, but Sarasota Memorial Hospital, just north of where I am right now, they are laying off people due to a $6 million drop, $16 million drop in revenue. They're laying people off left and right. Listen to this. L.A. Mayor. The L.A. mayor, daggummit, I wish I would have wrote his name down. I like, to, I like to put the people's names out. Offers rewards for snitches. He actually said in his statement, you know, back in the day, snitches meant you got stitches. But now snitches means you get, get rewards. He's offering reward. He didn't really stipulate what the rewards were for, the, for people that would come in and snitch on people violating the state, safer at home order. Now let's see what justifies that. The mayor of Los Angeles, California is offering rewards for you to turn in your neighbor for violating their safer at home order. Think about that. You know, you notice I'm saying think about that a lot. That's on purpose. I want people to actually put aside their fear, look at statistics, look at facts, Study the word of God and wake up. So you have the L.A. mayor of one of the largest cities on the planet offering rewards for you to tattletale on your neighbor. What justifies them in this? Well, let's look. Here's the California statistics. It must be so grievous. It must be such a bubonic plague in, in California, that the mayor of Los Angeles would have to come out and say, go and let's go be the citizen KGB, the citizen Gestapo. It must be so grievous 
the, the situation must be so dire. His name is Eric uh, Garcetti. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. For Eric Garcetti to say this, the situation must, must be so dire. Hundreds of thousands of deaths in the state of California. It must be in order to encourage your citizenry to become the Gestapo. Well, let's look at the statistics. How many, how many cases have we had in the state of California? You ready? State of California, 16, their population, by the way, 39,937,489. This is their COVID-19 cases, 16,957. Christian, just keep quarantining yourself. Nice job. Nice job. 16,957 cases, 442 deaths. So, you have, in the state of California, a point zero zero one percent of ever dying of COVID-19. And the governor, I mean, the mayor of Los Angeles wants you to become the citizen KGB. Think about that. Again, I'm saying that on purpose. Think about it. Louisiana pastor was arrested, Pastor Tony Snell from Life Tabernacle Church, charged with six counts of violating the governor's ban on large gatherings. So I guess, again, this must be just an unbelievable apocalyptic pandemic in the state of, Los, of, of Louisiana, right? It's got, in order to justify arresting Pastor Tony Snell, it has got to be an apocalyptic pandemic of unbelievably disproportionate proportions, never seen before by mankind, even though the flu statistics greatly dwarf it. But that's besides, don't ever let statistics and facts get in the way of your truth. So in order to do this, he's charged with six counts of violating the governor's ban on large gatherings. There must be just unbelievable stats in the state of Louisiana, right? Well, let's look. Population, 4,645,184. There's been 18,000 cases, but they have a very liberal way of reporting cases in Louisiana. Please pull up their Department of Health that explains it to you. Again, but don't let the facts. Christians quarantined at home. Conservatives quarantined, quarantined at home. Tom, why are you always picking on Christians and conservatives? Because you should know better. Of course the liberals are doing it. Of course the progressives are doing it. Their Bible is MSNBC. Your Bible is supposed to be the Bible and facts. Right? So they have 4 million, basically 4,600,000 people live there, 18,000 cases, 702, 702 deaths. So you have a 0.01% chance of dying from COVID-19 in the state of Louisiana. The standard has been set. Man, if you, get, if you have something that offers up a 0.01% chance of dying, Lock up the pastors, man. Lock them up now. Close your churches. Crash your economy. Cause millions and millions of people to lose their jobs. Because you know what? If you've got a 0.001% or a 0.0% chance, 0.01%, there, the standard has been set. Shut it down. We don't do it any other year. We've never done it in the history of this country before. We don't do it for the flu. We didn't do it for the swine flu, which to date has had more deaths than the coronavirus. 
with far more accurate accounting because there was no agenda there. This started, I'm going to tell you what it started out as. It started out as people trying to do a control burn. The Democratic Party and their sycophant media, their acolyte media, wanted to try to take Trump down a couple numbers in his approval rating. So they figured, you know what, we'll push this out. And this is just teed up for you, Christians, teed up for you. And you bought right in. They push it out, figure they'll lower his approval ratings to point. Boy, they started a brush fire, an out-of-control burn. That's what they did. And now they're probably sitting in their offices going, oh, my Lord, what have we done? Because they've crashed their own economy and cost their own people millions of jobs. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown arrested on two idiotic misdemeanor counts. For those of you who are offended by my terms like idiotic or stupid, Sorry, if it's idiotic, it's idiotic. If it's stupid, it's stupid. On two idiotic misdemeanor counts, unconstitutional misdemeanor counts. Well, he was arrested, and this was on, uh, what, March 30th, I believe. That must have been that, the numbers in Florida must be just absolutely apocalyptic. They've just got to be apocalyptic. In order to arrest the pastor, to come to his house, put handcuffs on him for conducting church services, then the numbers must be astronomical. Well, let's look at the standard, shall we? Let's look. This is the standard for arresting pastors and causing a Great Depression. Not The Great Depression didn't happen. The one we're in right now didn't happen. Your buy-in to the fear caused it. So in order to go arresting, to arrest Rodney Howard Brown, then the situation must have been dire. Well, let's look. State of Florida. This is a a state of 22 million people. And we have had 13,324 cases, which would give you a 0.06% chance of ever contracting it. 236 deaths, which would give you a 0.001% chance of ever dying from it. 1,500, not 15,000, not 20,000, not 30,000. All you yahoos out there, that's what you think. You think right now in the state of Florida, there's 100,000 people in the hospital with COVID-19, don't you? It's like that goofball girl that was arguing with me. I'm on the front lines. Front lines of what? Front lines of what? You think there's 50 or 60,000, 200,000 people in the state of Florida with COVID-19 that are in the hospital, don't you? How many people are actually in the hospital of COVID-19 right now in the state of Florida? 1,592. 1,592 total in the state of Florida with a population of 22 million. And that's, that's why we have to arrest Pastor Rodney Howard Brown? Because he conducted a church service? What are the statistics in his own home county? Here you go. You ready? His own home county where they uh, handcuffed him and took him off to jail and booked him into a jail. A stalwart citizen of the United States who feeds 900 people a week in Hillsborough County. A church of four, five, six thousand. I don't know how many people go there. Stalwart member of the community. They go and arrest him for conducting church services. Well, here's the statistics in his own home county. 1,500,000 people live in Hillsborough County, Florida. 
There's been 571 cases, which gives you a 0.03% chance of ever contracting COVID-19 in Hillsborough County. There's been five deaths in Hillsborough County. Five. Five deaths in Hillsborough County, a county of 1.5 million people, which gives you a 0.0003% chance of ever dying of COVID-19 in Hillsborough County. 86 people in the hospital in Hillsborough County, which gives you a 0.005% chance of ever being in the hospital there. But the precedent has been set. There's your numbers. All we have to do is get to those pathetic numbers and we can lock up our pastors and crash our economy and cause millions and millions of our citizens to be furloughed, laid off, and fired. Good job. Good job buying into this. Good job buying in. It's all been a lie. It doesn't mean the virus doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that there aren't people dying of it. But there's, we, we had the exact same thing in 2009 which, with H1N1 and nobody did anything. Well, it's our social distancing uh, and our quarantines that are causing the numbers to go down. Uh, you need to read the articles coming out of Sweden. They did Nothing except for quarantine people who are most vulnerable. Again, this should have been approached with a scalpel, not a communistic hammer and sickle. A paddle boarder alone on the ocean was arrested in California. That's our same good old buddy mayor once again. A paddle boarder alone on the ocean was arrested in Malibu for violating their safer-at-home ordinance. He's alone on the ocean. And that's from the LA Times. Read it for yourself. All, listen, those of you quarantining, why don't you actually do some research and decide whether or not you should be quarantining? The facts certainly don't stipulate that you should be. But listen, Lord forbid you wake up. Lord forbid that you have to, listen, I'm sorry, you may have to suffer the indignity of saying that you were wrong, but you were wrong and you are wrong, especially Christians and conservatives. This is very simple research to do. You had a surfer surfing alone who was fined $1,000 in Malibu for violating their safer at home ordinance. Honolulu PD makes nine arrests. Ready for this? For violating their social distancing laws. Oh, don't worry. You know, this, this will all just go away. You know, as soon as we flatten the curve, it'll, it'll all go away. No, Christians, conservatives, you've showed them the path. You'd, all you got to do is tee up a virus with a 0 to 3% death rate post-infection and you will all grab your ankles. You will all jump on their lap and become their lap dog. You will all bow at their feet. Don't say it's not true because you did it. You've done it. You've, you're doing it now and you've already done it. We get death threats at this church because we're conducting church services. Just for the record, I've never closed We've never closed the door to this church, and we're not closing. I'm not closing for numbers like this. You'd have to be really stupid to close for numbers like, oh, there he goes again, calling people stupid. Wait till I read you some Bible verses, and you can inform yourself about how Jesus really is. 
Honolulu PD makes nine arrests for violating their social distancing laws. Now, it'll go away after they flatten the curve. Now, they can institute it for anything. What's the population of Hawaii? 1,412,687. They've had 435 cases. So, here we go. There has to be astronomical numbers for them to to arrest nine people for violating social distance laws. Well, you have a 0.03% chance of ever catching COVID-19 in Hawaii. They've had, how many deaths have they had? There has to be astronomical. It just has to be, right? They've had five. So you have a 0.0003% chance of ever dying of COVID-19 in Hawaii. How many people are in the hospital? 42. In all of the state of Hawaii, a, a, a state with 1.5 million people, they have 42 people in the hospital. Everybody, you probably think it's 42,000, don't you? Don't you? It's not. It's 42 people. So you have a 0.002% chance of ever being in the hospital from COVID-19 if you live in Hawaii. But the precedent has been set. There's your numbers. A death rate of 0.0003%. And let's go arrest people for social distance violations. Nice job. Brilliant. Nice job. Eight abortion protesters arrested on April 4th for violating North Carolina's COVID-19 laws. They were even properly social distancing themselves. Please pull up the videos. Please challenge me with your stats. Go ahead and send them to me. Challenge me with your stats. Pull up the video and watch them being way further than six feet apart and watch them be arrested. Good job, Christians. Way to go. Way to buy right in. They were arrested because they violated the the the. North Carolina COVID-19 laws. They were even listen this they weren't even violating the law by their own by the law's own stipulations. It gives an outdoor activity exemption. What they were doing is considered essential, but I wonder why they were they were just they were outside of planned parenthood. But planned parenthood's wide open, but Christians don't let that get in the way of your social distancing agenda. Don't let that get in the way of justifying locking yourself in your house for the last two months. Don't don't let that get in the way. Don't let that convict you at all. That Planned Parenthood's wide open and your brothers and sisters in Christ are being arrested for properly social distancing themselves outside. I don't even like to say it because the wording social distance makes me vomitous. But they were properly social distanced, not violating the law, and they were arrested. Eight of them arrested. Handcuffs, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So once again, and for the last time, there must have been an apocalyptic pandemic that would deem this to to, to be essential, to arrest abortion protesters for doing nothing. There must be, the numbers must, must, must justify this, right? Well, let's look at the numbers in North Carolina. Population, 10,611,862. How many cases of COVID-19 they had? Remember, basically 11 million people live there. So there must be 300,000 cases. There's barely that many nationwide. So how many cases have they had there? 3,000. 651 
So you have a 0.03% chance of ever catching COVID-19 in the state of North Carolina. How many deaths? 65. So you have a 0.0006% chance of ever dying of COVID-19 in the state of North Carolina. How many people they got in the hospital? It's got to be thousands. It has to be thousands. 11 million people live there. It's got to be thousands. 398 people are in the hospital there. So you have a 0.003% chance of ever being hospitalized. But lock up the law-abiding abortion protesters. Lock them up. Here's your precedent. The standard has been set. Congratulations in buying into this as your brothers and sisters, abortion protesters and pastors, let alone the surfers and the paddleboarders, are all being arrested. Nice job, Christian, because you bought into it. They teed it up for you. They made you scared to death of a virus with a 0 to 3% chance of killing you post-infection, let alone ever catching it, and you bought in. Nice job. And now we have a great depression. Good work. Christians and conservatives, you've shown them the way. I'm not even, listen, I, I, I'm very skeptical, tenuous, to launch into any sort of global, you know, conspiracy theories. I'm not saying it was or it wasn't. I don't know. All I'm saying is that you showed them the way. Of course the liberals bought in. Of course the progressives bought in. If you're somebody that lines up with Joe Biden, I don't expect any different. But for the Christians and the conservatives... You don't even look at the facts. You don't even research them before you lock yourself in your house. A lot of you are like, well, we have to. We've been ordered by the governor now. That just happened last week. You've been doing it since March or February. You've shown them the way. Congratulations. They teed up an apocalyptic pandemic for you with zero stats to prove that it is apocalyptic and you bought right in. That's the problem. That's what's caused all the problem, not the virus. And here's the thing. The next one is coming. The virus is, is novel right now, so there is no vaccine for it. So it's going to come back again. And if it's, not, if it's not the coronavirus, then what will the government tee up for you next? They've already, they've already proven that a, that a virus that kill, that's killed 14,000 people out of 330 million, they've already proved that that's enough for you to go ahead and collapse the economy, wear gloves around, put, put, put your shields on your faces, your masks on your faces, not go to church anymore. Pastors, you're closed up. All this all it took, pastors, for you to close up your churches. You've shown them the way. Congratulations. You've showed them the broad way. Well, the next thing is coming. Well, let's, let's use this one. Global warming, global emergency. What if they do that to you? And I hear people say all the time, well, when the time is right, we'll fight. The time has already been right. And you shirked, and it's time to repent of it. Open up your churches. Get your fannies out of your homes and get to church this, this Easter Sunday. They'll, they'll, they'll tee up this one. Global warming you know a global warming global emergency stop driving it's global it's climate change stop driving they put it out for you and you've shown them you'll do it 
Stop driving. Okay, I, I don't want anybody to die. I'll do anything to save a life, even though I ignore 40 to 60 million abortions a year. I'll do anything to save a life. So you know what? They're saying that if we don't, there's, you know, Miami's going to be underwater tomorrow, and Greenland and Iceland are going to be underwater, and, and London's going to be underwater. So it's the same statistics they pushed with this. They're no, the, the statistics they put out for, for corona are exactly the same as their global warming statistics and never proved to be true. So they do it the global warming, pandemic emergency, stop driving, immediately stop emitting carbon monoxide, stop driving, kill all the cows because they're farting too much, turn off your electricity, you'll, you'll do it, you'll do it, you've already proven it, you've already shown them the way. Stop shooting your guns because that emits CO2, don't go to target practice anymore, cancel your gun range appointment. Don't go get your concealed weapons permit anymore because, you know, you're, it will emit CO2. Okay, we're in. We're in. We'll buy in. We'll tell you what's essential. It's a global, global warming pandemic. Don't worry. We'll tell you what's essential. Many of you, listen, if the government said what we want you to wear is a Darth Vader outfit that's some sort of carbon dioxide uh, dilator, You'd be walking around wearing it. You would do it. You've already proven it. Pull up a list when you have a chance. When you have a chance, pull up pictures of people with their outfits on from COVID-19. And you're not going to use the word stupid or idiotic? Then you're stupid or idiotic. Think about it. Christians and conservatives... You're sleeping with the enemy right now. You bought in. You're sleeping with the baby butchers. They've given you their marching orders and you've marched. One, two, three, you've marched right in. You're sleeping with the enemy, the baby butchers, the big government socialists, the acolyte media, the Democratic Party. And you know who else you're sleeping with right now? Those who are actually trying to block hydroxychloroquine from being disseminated. There's people out there, they've proven that chloroquine mixed with the Z-Pak basically cures. It's not, this doesn't need to be tested anymore. It's all, I mean, they can test it all they want. It's already been proven to basically be 100% effective. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's malaria medicine. You see, it's the, the patent on it's already, is already expired. The people that are trying to block chloroquine from being disseminated throughout the state are the baby butchering Democratic Party. And you're in lockstep with them doing exactly what they tell you to do. All right, I got to try to finish here in the next couple minutes. So Christians, conservatives, what should we have done? What should we have done? What should, have you, what should you have done? Well, what you should have done was reject the media's lies, rejected the violation of your constitutional rights. Oh, well, don't worry. When they tell us to stop preaching the gospel, then we'll make our stand. Well, I want you to look up verses about the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast in and of itself, if you look at, don't, don't misquote me or don't read into what I'm saying here. The mark of the beast is a sign of where somebody's at. 
The mark of the beast is not when the list of sins in the New Testament, the mark of the beast is not there. Thou shalt not take the mark of the beast. Look at Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I warn you now, as I warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. The mark of the beast is not there. The mark of the beast will be for those who bow to the world's system. They didn't even say that you'd stop preaching the gospel. You bow to the world's system. Oh, we'll let you preach the gospel when and where we say you can and how, how we say you can. How should Christians and conservatives have responded? You should, you should have followed the word of God. You should have followed the word of God. Not yours, not, not your words, not your church's words, not your version of Jesus, not your church's version of Jesus. You should have followed the word of God. Simple as that. Let me just tell you something, these closing moments. There is no Jesus outside of the word of God. There is no Jesus. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The name Jesus isn't even put there because Jesus is the Word. There is no Jesus outside of the Bible. If you're following a Jesus that has your own stipulations, you have added and subtracted from the Word of God and created your own Pharisaic, cultist version of Jesus. The Word is Jesus. What should you have done then? The moment that this whole thing came out, you should have memorized and followed Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give you the key, Jesus speaking, the word of God speaking, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You should have done it, bound it from yourself, bound it from your family, and walked around freely. Well, I didn't want to give it to somebody else. If it's bound off of you, then you can't. Well, that's just too radical. That's too radical for me. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's too radical for me. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Well, all this is too radical. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Well, I've been hurt before. That's, listen, that's because you don't believe the word of God. Let's look at it, shall we? The only thing that you're vulnerable to in accordance to the Jesus, according to the Word of God, is persecution and martyrdom. Not some silly 0-3% to 3% death rate disease. The Bible's that, you know, that's just too radical. Binding and loosing is too radical. I couldn't walk around safely. I needed to respect the government. I needed to, to be fearful of this thing. People were telling me, you know, pastors, we, we need to close our churches. This is too radical. Well, then you need to say it out loud. The Bible is too radical for me. Come on, say it out loud. I don't follow the Bible. The Bible says that I can bind and I can loose. And if I do, it is bound or it is loosed. That's too radical. I have my rules that I mix in with the Bible. That's Pharisaic cultism. That's what the Pharisees did. They mixed in their own beliefs and their own systems and their own laws into the law of the Torah. 
You're doing the same thing in the law of grace. You're adding your own virtue. You're adding your own stipulations. It's Pharisaic cultism. It's adding and subtracting to the word of God. If God says it's bound, it's bound. If God says it's loose, it's loosed. The word of God trumps your feelings. It trumps your past experiences. Do we need to, Christians, you need to just go ahead and say it out loud. I don't follow the Bible. Say it out loud, it'll make you feel better. I don't believe Jesus is the word. I don't believe Jesus is the Bible. Say it out loud, it'll make you feel better. It really will. Get it out there. Well, you need to say this. I've made up my own Jesus. You know, he has a, my Jesus has a, a tone of accommodation. You know, my Jesus would never insult anybody. My Jesus would never yell at anybody like you're doing, Tom. I've seen that. I've seen these remarks come up, you know, about insulting and, and being harsh. Again, you see, if you think that about Jesus, you've made up your own Jesus. If you believe in the Hollywood version of a pastoral Jesus, you're, you're a Pharisaic cultist. You really are. You're just, you're believing what you're, you should go home, make a carved image to yourself and burn incense in it because that's, that's the Jesus you're preaching and that's the Jesus you believe in, the one that you've made up in your own mind. My Jesus is the word of God. He doesn't exist outside the Bible. And by the way, when it comes to insulting, here's something that I wrote. If you stand for nothing, you will never be insulting or insulted. If you stand for nothing, you'll never be insulting or insulted. So that's the, that's the modern progressive church. Sad to see many of the Christians, even that I know, are going down this route. You believe that you're growing as you become more, more accommodating. You've rounded off your sharp edges. Well, listen, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Maybe you shouldn't have rounded off your rough edges. Maybe you shouldn't have rounded off your, sh your sharp edges. It's Hebrews 4.12. Read it for yourself. Man, I'm running out of time. If you want me to go longer, send me messages on here. I'll go longer. This is from the Federalists. On the, on the View, they had the pastor from Hillsong, New York on there. And when host Joy Behar asked directly whether abortion was sinful, he responded, that's, I'm just reading this. That's the, this is his quote. That's the kind of, remember, Joy, Joy Behar, renowned advocate of baby butchering, asked directly of the pastor of Hillsong New York Church, is abortion sinful? Here's his chance. Should I close my churches from, a, from the order of a tyrannical government? Here's your chance. Here's his chance. Here's how he answered. That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story. Where you're, He has a nice, accommodating tone. All accepting. All allegedly loving, but it's the false love narrative. That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story. Where you're from. What you believe. I mean, God's the judge. At which point, the audience broke into raucous applause. As he pleased men, Galatians 1.10. Blessed are you when people insult you, 
persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's the word of God. That's Jesus speaking. That's Matthew 5.11 and 5.12. Not that's the kind of conversation we would have when we ask you your story, ask you what you believe. I'm not the judge. No, the word of God is, pastor, and you're supposed to be preaching it. There, here's the answer. You ready? From Joy Behar. If she asked Tom Lipley, is abortion a sin? Yes, it is a sin, but you can be forgiven through the blood of the lamb. That's the answer he should have said, but it would have cost him too much. And for some of you that are quarantining yourselves at home, admitting that you're wrong, and that you put out your post of quarantine day one, day two, day 17, and you've made a ridiculous fool out of yourself, it's too much to say you were wrong. Well, you were and you are. And you bought right in. Add thou not to his word. Don't create your own Jesus. Add thou not to his word, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Proverbs 34, 6. Don't give Jesus attributes that are not there. A soft-spoken, an accommodating, a false love narrative Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me read you some of his stuff. You need Some of you need to say out loud, I've made up my own Jesus. A Jesus devoid of a harsh tone. A Jesus who never name calls, right? Who never insults. You believe that? Well, if you believe that, you don't read your Bible. You've created your own Pharisaic cultist Jesus. The Bible is Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus said. John, let's look at, first of all, John chapter 2, verse 15, what Jesus did. He made a whip of cords and, and, and whipped them all. He made a whip of cords and, and made them all flee out of the temple. He said, to, he said to Peter, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, get behind me, Satan. Matthew 23, numerous. This is all out of Matthew 23. This, this is how he started numerous sentences in Matthew 23 with exclamation marks. He was yelling at them. That's not an accommodating tone. He was yelling at them. It was not an accepting love narrative. This is how he started numerous sentences. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, exclamation mark. Does that violate your form fitted right out of your own mind, Jesus? The one that allows you to hang out with people you know you shouldn't be hanging out with that have affected you, but you want to be accommodating to them and maybe even maybe to the new sin in your life? Verse 13, right after that sentence, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor do you let those enter who are trying to. Verse 14, for you devour widows' houses and for pretense make up long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Right after that sentence again, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites with an exclamation mark. For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Exclamation mark. You're making up your own Jesus. Many of you are doing that yourself. That verse, Matthew 23, 14. You're winning the lost to your version of Jesus. So when are you, what are you winning them to? 
Well, we, they've begun a faith journey, a fresh start and a new beginning. They didn't repent of any sin. The repentance of sin is the Word of God, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It's the Word of God, but we, did, we wanted to usher them down the road of their faith journey and their fresh start and their new beginning. What have you won? You've made them twice as much a son of hell as anybody else. Maybe even yourself, if that's what you believe. Jesus said in the same chapter, verse 19, fools and blind. He called them names. Oh, that's not proper. That's, you, if you say that's not proper, then that's your version of Jesus because Jesus just did it. He said in verse 33, serpents, brood of vipers with exclamation marks. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Verse 27, for you are like whitewashed tombs who indeed appear beautiful outwardly with their tone and with their appearance. Outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous. You're out there, you're preaching love and acceptance and accommodation. You don't preach hellfire and brimstone. You're so worried about tone. You're skipping Bible verses. Even so, you, you also outwardly appear righteous, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. If you're afraid of the coronavirus, if you're afraid of it, you've made up your own Jesus. You've made up your own Jesus. I want you to think about this as we, I'm heading to the close. I want to make sure, my guys, that you're in the position to shut this thing off when I tell you to. If you're afraid of the coronavirus, you've made up your own Jesus. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That's 1 John 5, 4. Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Believing you will receive. So how do you justify quarantining yourself? I want you to answer that question with a Bible verse. Answer that question with a Bible verse. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And you're cowering in the corner from a, from a, from a virus with a 0 to 3% chance of killing you post-infection. Justify that with a Bible verse. Pastors, justify closing your churches with the Bible. And I know that you're going to use Romans 13, 1 through 7. It doesn't apply, folks. I can't get into that today. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I believe that sort of, but, you know, I believe God can heal. I believe God can protect, but you just never know. Again, you're creating your own Jesus again. The Word of God does not say that. This is the end times coming to fruition where you have Christians out there who are afraid of this virus that have a form of godliness but deny its power. That's where we're at. Just because I don't believe this, don't tell me that I have a faith problem. This is where I'm finishing. Be done in less than five minutes. 
Don't tell me, Tom, that because I don't believe the way you do that I have a faith problem. Don't tell me that because I don't believe that if you, I don't believe that if it's I bind, it's bound. If I loose, it's loose. I don't believe, I believe it can be. It might be. It could be. It's all part of God's uh, mystery plan that unfolds once I'm dead and I see it in heaven. That's not the word of God, but that's what I believe. That's my Pharisaic cultism. Just because I don't believe the way you do, Tom, just because I don't believe exactly what the Bible says, don't, don't tell me that I have a faith problem. Well, what is it then? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If your faith is not the Word of God, you have a faith problem. Tom, you don't know about my, my awesome forgiveness that I, my, and my awesome love that I've shown to people. And you claim that as your faith. That's my faith. That's not faith. You might be a very loving person. It doesn't mean that you're strong in faith. And if you had to choose, it's better to be loving. Given. Again, I see, I, I yield to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Greed. But you are weak in faith. If you don't bind and you don't lose, you are weak in faith. You might be strong in love. But you have a lot of unbelief. You have an unbelief problem. Don't tell me I have a faith problem. People get so insulted by that. You're better off calling them a reprobate sinner than saying that they have an unbelief problem. Don't tell me I have a faith problem. What power are you demonstrating as you sit there and self-quarantine? What power are you demonstrating outside of the whole coronavirus realm? Well, I just want to love people and have a, you know, accommodating conversation with them. Well, here's what Paul said. The man responsible for the most salvations. Most of you want to win the lost, right? Paul said this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I'll put my own connotation, my own accommodating tone and, and conversation. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 1 Corinthians 2.4. When I don't see the miraculous, I've prayed for the miraculous. Listen, we've all been there. We've prayed for things to be prevented that weren't. We've prayed for things to be healed that weren't. And here's the thing. What you did was, is you decided to create theology, again, Pharisaic cultism, create theology to justify our prayers not being answered. The reason why your prayers weren't answered... The reason why the miraculous didn't happen, the reason why you weren't protected, the only thing you're not guaranteed protected protection from is God-ordained martyrdom, God-ordained persecution. The rest is you're, you're protected from the rest. Well, and we've all been there. Okay, well, something outside of that was not, was, was not protected. We weren't protected from it. And we prayed for somebody to be healed and they weren't. So then because of that, we didn't want to accept responsibility. What we want to do is create theology that excuses it, that accommodates it. It's not the Word of God. Every time there was an expectation, there was an expectation of the miraculous in the Word of God, and it did not happen, what did the Word of God say was the problem? What did the Jesus say was the problem? I'll read you the verses. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus said, why, the, the apostles came to him. Why couldn't we cast out the demon out of the ep, ep, epileptic boy? Because of your unbelief. That's, that's an insult to most Christians. And let me just get this out of the way. Because people love to send in messages. Tom, you've struggled. You've, you have 
uh, you know, sickness in your family or you personally have had infirmity or whatever. I agree. But what happens is when I have it, when I've, when I've seen infirmity in my own house, when I've seen infirmity in my own body, or I've seen sickness in my own house, I go to the Word of God and I say it's my unbelief. I'm okay with that. That's what the Word of God says. That's what the Word says. You don't, may not like it because you formed your own Jesus that's actually a hippie bongo player who speaks in a monotone voice. That's not the real Jesus. Jesus said, whenever the miraculous doesn't happen that you ask for, it's unbelief. He said it again in Mark 4.40 when they were out in the windstorm and they were going underwater and he had to go out there and calm the wind and the waves. He said to his apostles, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He said to Peter when he fell in the water, oh, you of little faith. It is un- thinking and believing and accommodating yourself by saying unbelief is not the reason why I'm not protected, is not the reason why I'm not healed. It's just that I'm part of a fallen world and I'm subject to everything. That's not the Word of God. Your faith has overcome the world. You've, the reason why you haven't seen the healings and the protection that you wanted was unbelief. That's the Jesus. Believing outside of that is cultism. Pharisaic, making it up yourself, cultism. Well, that's a health and wealth uh, name and claim it gospel. You call it whatever you want. All right, finishing right here. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. You're thinking that unbelief isn't the problem. This is speaking to the father of the boy with the demon. The father said, immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's what you should be praying. That's the Bible. Your pastors who have told you that well, it wasn't an unbelief problem. It's just that God has a plan that none of us know. And he, he sits back and watches people riddle away with cancer. And it's just part of his uh, plan that none of us know. His ambiguous plan, you know, shrouded in myths that we will never know until we get to heaven and we're and we're dead that's what you decided to believe it's not the word of god though if you don't believe unbelief is the problem you don't believe the word of god it's as simple as that because that's what jesus said finishing right here don't go down this path this is what i'm hearing from the majority in the body of christ right here about this whole situation second peter chapter 2 verse 18 and i'm finishing right here For when they speak, the body of Christ, when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. They allure through lewdness the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. They have put out big giant clouds of empty words. What I'm telling you is the word of God. What I'm telling you is the Constitution of the United States of America. Stand up. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Amen. Listen, God bless each and every one of you. Don't miss these Thursdays. I don't know when I'm going to when I'll be doing them every Thursday at 4 o'clock, no matter what. And I'll probably be doing other little offshoots also. I love each and every one of you. 